Rusty Quill presents. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Tonight's broadcast brought to you by Minerva's Rotating Things Solution. Your life getting a bit too linear? Things getting slow on the straight and narrow. Give yourself a twist with Minerva's Rotating Things Solution and spin your perceptions in a whirling, twirling revolution of reality. What does it do? You're looking at it. It rotates. Maybe... Don't touch it? Minerva's Rotating Things Solution. Save your regrets for tomorrow. The night was darker than usual. A thick fog had taken the park, and heavy sheets of rain flooded the walkways, swelling the pond over its banks, which mixed with the black water and brown grass and dead leaves. Brilliant flashes of light, a rumble of thunder rippled through the clouds. Three monstrous trucks drove around the pond edge to the end of the road in front of the Park Row mansions. Trailing a short distance behind was an old carriage carrying four bent men who wiped condensation from the windows so they could see. The trucks arrived, the first carrying a crew of heavy laborers that agreed to triple wage for intense overnight shift. Quickly make work of the demolishing the old maestro's house. The Sato Voce. 
The second truck held something under heavy rain cover, and the third truck had a load of tethered barrels. The men jumped out of the truck, grabbed picks and shovels and hammers, and assembled in the muddy lawn to hear their foreman lay out the plan of attack. In the warmth of the old coach, Mr. Sconce, Mr. Fend, Mr. Tinnis, and Mr. Thegan, men known as the landlords from the Overland Dust Company, settled into the warmth of their velvet-lined compartment. Mr. Fenn brought forth a thermos of tea and offered cups to the other landlords who took them. Mr. Thegan brought a phonograph for the occasion and wound the arm, set the needle, and the gentlemen sipped their tea as the music played, and the laborers of the Overland Dust Company took up their weapons and rushed the Park Row mansion like an invading brigade smashed against the side of a fortress. The Sato Voce was dark as pitch, its windows papered over, and stood a tall three floors of the cracked slate roof and a menagerie of ghostly ornate carvings looking down from hidden perches. The men circled the house. The plan was to quickly tear through the walls and get to the interior support beams, let the house collapse in on itself, and then break up the pieces. The men were under orders to pillage anything of value, for themselves, so they were properly motivated to pick through the rubble. Then by morning, they would haul the wreckage clear. They circled the house, pushed on the walls, tried to get a view through the windows. The mud was thick to their ankles as the rain washed rivers around them. Lightning flashed. Thunder cracked as the men lifted their tools and attacked the Sato Voce. Three school-aged children huddled just inside the walls of the mansion, having chased their runaway friend through the thick hedge and into the ice door of the pantry. Maisie Myers the Curio, Temperance and Antigone Fulcrum crouched in the dark corner looking around for their missing friend Enoch. They couldn't see much in the house, and used the lightning flashes that were filtered through the amber window paper to get a quick glimpse of the room. The pantry floor was littered with cans and empty boxes, shelves bare, husks of dead vegetables and dustings of flour and cornmeal. A view into the kitchen, a large, rough wood block in the center of the floor, the blade of a massive rusty cleaver split into the wood. A large iron cooking hearth, the echo from drops of rain down the pipe. Two giant pots sitting atop the range, and a scattering of dishes and linens amongst the cobwebs around the floor open door that looked to go down underground to possibly a root cellar. Antigone saw the cleaver and wanted nothing to do with the kitchen. I bet Enoch went this way. Antigone pulled Temperance in the opposite direction into the dining room, where a long oval table sat in the middle of the room, surrounded by still tall chairs, all covered in a thick layer of dust. Temperance picked up a bent fork from a pile of placeware. This place is filthy, she whispered. Don't touch anything, Maisie whispered. Temperance tried to reply, but Maisie held up a hand. That's funny, Maisie said. I can't hear Mr. Fitz. What do you mean? asked Temperance. He was saying something about a music box as we came through the ice door, but now, nothing. I can't 
can't hear him. Again with the doll, Maisie. We have got to wean you off that baby blanket. You can have mine, Antigone offered. Maisie patted her on the shoulder and held a finger up to her lips to shush her. We have to be quiet. It's going to be difficult to find Enoch in this big house. The greater the obstacle, the more glory in overcoming it, Antigone beamed. Temperance patted her on the head. We've been reading Moliere. Let me see if I can hear anything, Maisie said. Hold perfectly still, she said to the other two. Maisie slid off a glove and ran her hand along the wallpaper and molding. She closed her eyes and quieted her thoughts, quieted her heartbeat and breathing, and used her curio abilities. She listened. She extended her listening to the room, through the walls and the floor, into the hallway. He heard silence. Strangely, for an old house like this, it seemed to absorb sound or vibration of any kind. No mice scurrying in the walls, no cockroaches in the floor, no birds in the shingles of the roof, no signs of life of any kind. Sound just seemed to fall into it, a flat, mute darkness. There was no way to feel out Enoch in any corner of the mansion. Deep in the moment of Maisie's listening, the company men outside in the dim light of a few lanterns, fought through the rain and fog, they raised their blunt hammers and their sharp chisels and vicious picks, and they attacked the walls of the mansion. Ah, oh, what was that? Maisie cried out. What? Temperance whispered, trying to quiet her. Maisie pulled her hand away. The house! It's screaming! From the walls! And she fell to her knees. Temperance and Antigone were confused. They heard nothing. Maisie covered her ears, and the screams continued. Maisie steadied herself against a chair. Temperance looked at Antigone. We have to get Enoch and get out of here, she said. Temperance tiptoed out and looked out into the hallway. She looked left into the parlor and thought she heard a clicking sound. She moved slowly down the hall, closer. The ticking grew louder. She looked up the main staircase to the second floor. A shattered piece of furniture blocked part of the stairs. She continued down the hall, closed in on the ticking, wondering if maybe it was an old clock that was still trying to keep time somehow. Antigone helped Maisie limp along, poking their heads out into the hallway. Temperance kept down the hall and peered her head into the parlor. Flicker of lantern light through the other side of the paper windows. Small tables sat around the walls with shattered frames and torn paintings of a family. A music stand sat next to a frayed, cushy red velvet chair. And on a small table, a metronome clicking away and that's when Temperance noticed the chair was not empty 
A plump figure sat slouched, facing away from her. Its arms up, cradling a broken violin. Its gray and bet hands, long fingernails with yellowed fingers moving the stripped bow against the broken body of the violin. A quiet scraping of crafted wood, back and forth. The figure in a trance, away in the distance, humming to itself. Oblivious to the small girl in pink pajamas in the room. Temperance froze in place. She turned back towards Maisie and Antigone to warn them. As Temperance looked away, the figure's head spun around in the chair. The corners of a sinister smile creeping, raising the wrinkled blue lips across sharp, crooked teeth. Lightning crashed, and as she turned, she was face to face with a creature that had clambered over the back of the chair. An old, decrepit, bloated, pale bluish face, eyes milky white with cataracts, cracked teeth, screeching with ear-piecing, high-pitched whine. Tempered screamed and fell backwards, skittered back up, and ran down the hall and grabbed Antigone. Antigone pulled Maisie, who fell back against the wall and steadied herself, leapt away just in time to miss a clawed grab chased through the dining room and they ran back towards the kitchen Maisie stumbled again disoriented Temperance practically dragging her along by her wrist the creature chased them down the hall through the dining room with Temperance throwing chairs down to try to block its path it leapt over a chair its frayed and worn tuxedo tails flopping over them as it let out a high screech Temperance dragged the girls into the kitchen and headed for the only opening she could see she ran to the door of the basement pulled Maisie and Antigone with her and slammed the door behind them with the creature ramming face first on the other side Temperance scrambled with the key and was just able to turn the lock and latch it as they backed down the steps staring at the flashes of light coming under the door scratches on the door a sniffing in the gap pipe whine Maisie caught herself but Antigone tumbled down the stairs into the dark I'm okay she said quickly from the bottom Maisie was still spinning as she reached into her pocket there's a box of Duncans in here somewhere Temperance helped her and pulled out a match, struck it against the side of the box. It lit up the stairwell to the bottom, where Antigone sat hunched as she waved back. Footsteps shuffled at the door at the top of the stairs. What was that? Maisie asked. Some twisted old man playing a broken violin. I didn't hear any music, said Antigone. What decrepit residents reside in those Sabin walls? And will they stand for long with the assault from the men of the Overland Dust Company? Are the girls safe locked in the basement? Or is something down there with them? Where is Enoch in this dark house? Will they find him? Or will the house come down on their heads, demolished by the landlords as they sip their tea? Keep in time. Only you can hear the music inside the dusty, dampening walls of the House of Whispers. The Quiet House. The Sato Voce, on the next episode of Celine.